Hello and welcome to Bridge From Nowhere, life on the far northern edge of America. First today, we want to give a big warm hello from all of us here to Karen Jacobson Hansen. You're a fighter and we're so glad you're listening, Karen. Today, your favorite sisters are back talking about the trials of taking to the stage when it could kill you. Because I've been nervous about everything I've ever done <laughs> since I was a child. I used to do competitive martial arts, and every before every <laughs> fight, I would be like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. We have two semi-anonymous guests keeping their identity hidden, as Alex talks about how Fairbanks can create obstacles to survival. What is it like <laughs> using an outhouse in negative 40? What are some of the challenges? Uh. <laughs> and first, a warning, we talk about poop in this upcoming segment. If that will get you upset, this might not be the show for you. So here's Paul with the tale of his slightly kinky path to getting the famed Stainley Cup. Welcome to Poo Corner, a special long distance edition. Lou, take it away. Answer the phone, damn it. Hello? Is this Paul... G? <laughs> I was like, who's calling me from Juno? Full names won't be used in this interview to protect the identity <laughs> of the guilty. <laughs> hey, Paul, it's Lou. I'm here with Jamie. Hey, Paul. And Andy. Hey, hey guys. Hey, Paul. How you doing, man? So this is Pretty a, good. How are you? You ready to, you ready to spill, spill it all? Yeah, I think I am. I'm actually in my hotel room in Vegas right now, reliving the past. Oh my goodness! Well, let's not give away too much before we tell the story. But Lou, take it away here. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about this. Is part two of one of our episodes that we spent a lot of time talking about. We talked about the Stanley Cup, which is a an award per se given amongst a friend, a group of friends who make mistakes in a fecal matter. But we have a pact where we are forced to tell each other when an accident may occur. And you were the first recipient because what of happened? A, uh, of a horrible event. I wouldn't event. say I was – what was that? Of a horrible event. <laughs> it was the consequences of a great event. <laughs> so y- you were in Vegas – were and you there? Were you there too, Lou? No, okay. I, I left early. But uh, Paul ended up in um, a show called Absinthe. You went and watched Absinthe, or you were invited to an after party, right? Yeah. So what happened was it was their 500th show, and to celebrate that fact, um, they interrupted the singer uh, of the last song and turned it into this weird event where like aliens had. Um, re, like the the owner had failed on some loan and they were taking it back and uh, so then they made us wear uh, tinfoil hats and fake spacesuits which were like those painter you know cuffs Tyvek suit Tyvek suits thank you and uh, they passed around a bunch of free absinthe and cocktails um, you know shrimps and stuff cocktail shrimps and stuff and. Uh, Andrew and I figured out that it was easy to get more drinks if you tip the people, and so we ended up getting uh, a lot of shots of absinthe at this party. <laughs> oh, man. And absinthe, and had, was, you, had you ever had absinthe before? Um, 
Not like anything too legitimate. There's like a Marilyn Manson brand right. absence that came out once. That's as legit as it gets, man. It's Come on. pale and oh, white wait. with a black yeah. label. <laughs> yeah, so because absinthe is weird, right? It's it, it, it's like a weird alcohol thing. It makes you loopy in ways that are hard to explain. Uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then you were at this party for quite a while, and did, you ended up dancing alone on some pedestal, right? <laughs> yeah, so there was a stage, and that was the center stage for the entire event. Um, and now, you know, there were a few people dancing on it, and I was like, I'm going to go up there and join them. Um, and so I was quite drunk, and there's actually video evidence of me dancing up there, and I don't know if... Uh, the video caught this fact, but I was told by a uh, bystander friend that there are a lot of people mocking my dancing, but they also <laughs> seemed quite jealous of my confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's absinthe. Well yeah, said. that's the absinthe talking right there. <laughs> that's the fairy, yep. <laughs> so then after this party, because you became quite the character at this place, they invited you to an after-after party, right? That is correct. Um, one of the ladies who was like a stagehand uh, came up to me and danced with me briefly and then said, yeah, you seem really fun. You should come to this after-after party. At, I think it's called Club Pier here in Caesars Palace. Okay. Um, so this, is, this sounds so, like, so, so far, right, this sounds like a dream. This sounds like everyone's <laughs> fantasy. If you go to Vegas and you're meeting people and g- women are coming up and dancing to you, inviting you to exclusive after parties, it sounds like this could be the best night of your life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I was looking forward to that. <laughs> but um, it turns out it wasn't the best night of your life. So what I happened? Think there's, <laughs> as a PSA, it's always good to have some kind of wingman or friend around to help you when you uh, stumble. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, my friend happened to leave at that point because he was tired. Uh, um, so I went to the after-after party um, with a stranger that we had both met who he just kind of goes to events that he knows about in Vegas. So he's like a local. And he promised to take care of me, which that's baloney. <laughs> you mean blogna. <laughs> that is correct. That is the correct pronunciation of it. <laughs> um, and so, like, I was really starting to feel the alcohol at this point, And we got invited to the, the back area of the party. And... Now, are you still, let me ask you, you said earlier, you, they gave you like Tyvek suits. And, are you still wearing that stuff? I am still wearing a Tyvek suit. Um, <laughs> You're walking I'm around Caesar's sure I... Palace. You got a Tyvek suit on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the tinfoil hat came off because it was a little bit too warm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were You're, you the um, only one wearing this? No, there were a couple others. Most were back in their, like, they were in their um, after costume sort of dress-up clothes. <laughs> okay. So I definitely right. stuck out there, probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the guy who um, was sort of, he promised to take care of me or whatever, um, he at one point was like, dude, you have so much confidence, you could have any girl in this room. And... Like a drunk idiot, I looked at the main star of the Absinthe show, the the Absinthe fairy girl, who was the singer and dancer throughout it. I was like, even her? And he said, yeah, man. 
And that is literally my last memory oh. before waking up in a parking garage. Oh. <laughs> Do you now is has there been a reconstruction of what happened or no, you didn't know any of these people? They were all strangers. I didn't know any of them. I've never seen them again in my life. But we did try and do some uh, detective work the next day because I figured that a parking garage has video feeds. The police would probably call in and have some kind of report on what they did because police were the ones who woke me up. Um, <laughs> How'd you yeah, get home? Nobody. So um, I wake up and there, someone is kicking my feet. And I come to, and there's two policemen, and um, they're kind of smiling at me, laughing at me, because I'm still wearing the Tyvek suit. <laughs> <laughs> and so they obviously know that I got too drunk and didn't yeah, make it back suspect. to my hotel. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So they asked me what hotel I was staying at. Now... If I was in a regular hotel that everyone knows about, like Caesar's Palace, that would have been the end of the story. But I was in like this business class one that is less known and a little further from the strip. So I kept telling them I'm in the, I think it was the Blackstone, um, which is the name of some famous magician from a long time ago. And they didn't believe me. They thought I was just too drunk and couldn't remember. Um, so like I basically argued with cops about the hotel I was staying at until they called a taxi cab. And the cabbie's like, yeah, I know where that is. I'll take him there. So he basically took me from the cop's possession and, like, got me to the hotel, made sure I got into at least the building. I don't think he escorted me to my room. Um, and I had won a bunch of money that day at a roulette wheel. And the next morning I looked in my wallet just to make sure that, you know, it was all gone. And actually everything was there except for, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> which I think is a pretty good deal. There you go. All right. So you're ahead of the game so far. Still doing okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so this is where, like, I don't really have much in the way of memory except for flashes. So I do remember that I had to go to the bathroom at one point. Um, in retrospect, I remember kneeling on the floor and... <laughs> I now believe that that's because I was trying to clean the floor. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so, um, so then you went back to bed. Yep, went back to bed. And, um, and Andrew's there. Andrew's there, and he wakes up at like 11 in the morning, maybe 10, I don't know, and he's like, I'm going to go down and get breakfast because Paul's obviously hungover or going to be. Um, so he goes down for breakfast, comes back up maybe a half hour to an hour later, and I'm sitting at my computer, and I'm like, oh, hey, Andrew, what's up? And he is surprised, um, but I am still actually drunk, and so uh, the, the hangover doesn't happen for another four hours. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh. And, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know, cruising the Internet, and then I go to make my bed and I notice a bunch of brown flakes in it oh. <laughs> and I'm like well I think maybe I cut the bed <laughs> and uh, and uh, so then that's when I start looking and I see yeah I need to throw my underwear away um, and Andrew's like oh my god this is a mess like the sheets like you should probably leave something for the, the, the cleaning ladies so I read a note that says Something, he has a photo of it. Uh, I am sorry for what appears to be ish in the bed. And I leave like $5. <laughs> oh, 
And then five wow. so spender. I'm not done. Nice. All that roulette wheel money. Yeah, where'd that end up? <laughs> so then I go into the bathroom and I see that there's brown stuff in between the the tiles. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I don't know what I did, but I did a lot of it. So I tried to clean it some more, and it just wasn't coming out. So I crossed out um, the what appears to be part of the note, and then I added, I added like, and other places, and <laughs> replaced the five with a 20, which in retrospect probably should have been a 100. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That's Vegas. And then we both, we ditched the, the hotel room for the rest of the day just so that no one would yell at us. And uh, and but but the silver lining to this story is, of course, this enabled you to be the recipient of the much vaunted and sought after desired desired <laughs> Stanley Cup. So that's good. Congratulations for being thank a winner. You, thank you. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you I, so I much. Might, yeah. I might add that Andrew uh, it made not only his day but like his week. Yeah, well, um, I made him the happiest person in the world for a while. Wow, Andrew has a strange notion yeah, of just, happiness. He just loves the misery of others. Yeah, <laughs> Shoyden Poopa. <laughs> well, Paul, thanks so much, man. Thanks for being so forthcoming and candid. And you're telling of you know, how you came around to win the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. I figured that I'm in Vegas, so the story is still staying in Vegas, even though it's also not. There you go. <laughs> no. Very yeah. good. You in a better hotel this time? Yeah, I'm in Caesar's Palace. I've said the Blackstone, named it for Harry Blackstone. I had a magic was, cake when I was a brownstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, have, the, uh, have a great time there. Paul, thanks for calling Thank in. Thanks, have Paul. a great time in Vegas. Absolutely. Hope, thanks, you, Paul. hope you have luck at the roulette wheel again. Stay away from the Thank absence. Thank you so much. I will. Right. And fairy princesses. <laughs> I mean, I can't promise anything. I wonder what she did to you, man. I wonder what happened. What if they got roughed up? If they, you got too close to her? Maybe Who knows? just ate a bunch of old cocktail shrimp. Oh, yeah, there we go. Right. <laughs> right? Like it's just been sitting out for hours and you're just yeah, <laughs> shoveling it in. What's that guy doing? Well, it means we don't have to clean it up. Yeah. We just ate 250 room temperature cocktail shrimp. Oh, man. I mean, it was know. abundant. Yeah. Delicious. Like a saner, just <laughs> collecting it. Like a humpback whale. <laughs> All right, Paul. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. All right. All right. All right later. Yeah, that's our edition there of uh, Pooh Corner. Is that how you remember the telling of it, Lou? It was right on Dirty Spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's a s- segment from Bridge from Nowhere.
next, Kersha and Alicia Hughes-Scandy join us to talk about getting into the stand-up comedy game. All right, welcome back. Bridge from Nowhere is here. We're with your favorite sisters, Kersha and Alicia. Lou, Jamie, Andy here as well. Hi. Hey, guys. Hello. So we've been talking a lot about how you grew up and about your some of your musical stuff which is really fun, your radio show that you have, but you also have this really interesting other newer pursuit, which is comedy yeah. in the form of Club Baby Seal. And you guys are members of a multi-member group of True. people. A collective. Talented folks who get comedy shows together and put them on and have even taken it on the road. And Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the start of Club Baby Seal. Well, it's been a, a wild... Sealish ride. <laughs> it is wild. You've never ridden a seal. If you've never it ridden a seal, I recommend it. Crazy. It's just a lot of fat and wet. They don't even have that. Uh, you just put your fingers in the ear holes yeah. and go. That's cute. It's it's just staring at Just a lot of yeah. big liquid black eyes. Yeah. 70 yeah. breathing. Yeah. 75 yards offshore. Just yeah. hanging out. Whiskers and huffing. Fishy yeah. smell that you can't tell where it's yeah. coming from. Coffin things. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Seals. 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 That's Seals. Hashtag, hashtag Seals. So seal she's the founder. There, yeah. She's the founder. A founder. A founder. Uh, yeah, it's been this like, group uh, thing of, it was just a real, there's not a great concise answer to like how it all <laughs> sort of came about, but just a group of friends who the timing was right and uh, we had a little web of people who are already friends anyway who had backgrounds in performance of various kinds and uh, liked funny stuff. And we started out, the kind of the coolest thing to me is we started out doing house shows at uh, Nate's house, uh, one of the baby seals. And it grew out of there into doing shows at the Nickelodeon and uh, and received a really good, uh, Juno's been super supportive, which is awesome. And we're gonna go on the road some more. Um, the coming months, we're gonna go to Skagway we're going to go to Gustavus um, and have some more shows in town. So, cool. it's, yeah, it's been really fun. And so you it's guys both perform in it, right? Yes. Okay. I, yeah. You, I have. I okay. saw you. Do you, do you more there. regularly than? than well, so when, it, how does it when work? we got started, it started kind of more like in writing sessions, not with a concrete performance goal. Um and so that kind of started with Alicia and our friend Brady. And he's like a comedy, like he just breathes comedy. He loves, loves it comedy. so much. And he's, he's and so he's loved it so much. And like, you know, some of us are like, I'm more of a passive consumer, or I probably would have stayed a very passive consumer of like, oh, this is pretty funny, I guess. Yeah, right. um, but <laughs> I guess. I guess. I yeah. And so then he was like, no, come over. Like, I've got a book, like how to do stand up comedy. Like we have to have writing nights. Like this is how it works. And so he got us over there to start writing with him. And then, yeah. And then we, we met Nate and we we're like, this guy is like the funniest. Like he's just like he can bring you to tears instantly. Like we met him at Alicia's birthday party because they were friends. And we're like, this guy is like a natural. This is the guy, you know. And so from there, they kind of really got the ball rolling in terms of like actually making something happen. Yeah, it's, it was very exciting. The last show is the first show that yeah, she's ever that's the done first anything. Full show at. That I've done. 
Oh, We've had, because okay. uh, cool. it's been a, me, Nate, Allison, Corin, and Brady mm-hmm. was just a group. Okay. Yeah, the performers. And then um, with, you know, uh, Grace and Haley helping out, and then Kirsha's been around since the beginning. As but you've ups. been writing. I do punch-ups. Dude, writing and doing punch-ups and stuff. Yep. And cr- our friend Chris writing and doing punch-ups. And, uh, what's a punch-up? What's a punch-up? it a little funnier. Make it funny. They tell you, and then you're like, yeah, but punch what if up. you said... Punch it up. Or they start, they just yeah. like spitball, and then you spitball back, and they're like, yes, and they write it. And then it feels so good when they yeah, do that, because nice. then you're like, yeah, that's my little word. They got to. Yeah. It's funny. That's yeah, it's funny. Kind of, it's like the most gratifying, because you don't have any of the nervous performer sweats when they go up. Well, that's but, what I was going to ask about. So you were talking about how performance of music at the Folk Fest is something that makes, makes you nervous. Puke. I must think. That stand-up comedy <laughs> makes me want to puke. Kind, and makes times me 10. want to puke. Right, uh, but it is not different than any. Lou, how would that sound? Some puking. Well, we have to censor ourselves due to <laughs> certain. Some that was things the thing are just complaints. too offensive. Oh, is it? That was what, oh, that was please don't, Lou. My ears can't the sound take of, that. <laughs> That, oh yeah. yeah, he is so good. Oh, there was some a, people, yeah. it's really like, contagious. It's, it's, so they're like, no not cool. I had to pull over and dry you. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Okay, I won't contradict it. I think that's our accidents. Well, you know what? So it really. It, I think of myself as like a person who would have had consumption or like nervous. Like they would have put, you know, I would have gone down. Yeah. She was going in earlier. the sanitarium. They would have put me in the sanitarium because I've been nervous about everything I've ever done <laughs> since I was a child. I used to do competitive martial arts. And every before every fight, I would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna throw up." Yeah, was She was always the winner. But it's so normal. That's such a normal thing. Even like every friend Everyone's I've ever nervous. had, most <laughs> friends that I've had who've been like pretty competitive about performing, yeah. like in high school, oh, yeah. maybe it's athletics. The yeah, in the locker room, th- puking in the locker room yeah. happens that, all the time. That's that true. Yeah. I do think it's tied to the competitive See, I thing because I'm last. very competitive Don't and like I that's really it? That's I think 100% it is 100 percent because I always came in last in martial arts and now I don't care. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I guess we're gonna tell these stupid jokes I wrote. Like whatever. Yeah. yeah, so that yeah. It, it is it. You want to you you got this the thing. It's like you have an internal image of how good you should be at something. Totally. And if you don't hit that, it's that really tears yeah, you up. Yeah, that is what it is. You're 100 percent right. Because I mean, it's that's why I'm nervous truth. before I go to the bathroom. Every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so want to be the best, <laughs> which is horrible. It's counterproductive. He pukes before going to the bathroom, and it's like, well, now you what do you wait? Oh, Lou. Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. it's terrible for Lou. <laughs> yeah. so we feel bad. How does the process work for you? How do you to come up and refine your little skit thing stuff? <laughs> skit <laughs> thing stuff. Little. I don't know the words. Little. 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 Little right. <laughs> podcast, your going. punny jokes. Wait, no, that but works. How, it, how does the process work for you? That's a good. Yeah, I think that's that's a good yeah, it's it a is. great question. It is. It is a good question. I think it works different for everyone, right? Yeah. It does. It and you does. guys are kind of new at it, so you're probably yeah. developing it all the time, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 right. I will get a thought, an idea. I do. I uh, the other people make fun of me sometimes in the group because I have I like writing down like paper and pen. 
which is not weird, but I ha- I'm very disorganized <laughs> as a person, so I have a lot of right. notebooks that look identical, and then I'm like, oh, it's what's in another no- notebook. I got an idea. It's in the other notebook. Hold on, or I'll take down notes in one, and it's not in the other. So that part's not so good. And I use my That's phone. That's not a process at all. That's not so a process. Far. <laughs> it's a lack of process. We have not discerned anything yet. <laughs> That's Sometimes I write things yeah. down and I throw them. First thing I, you I, need I to know about me in my life is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. Step two. <laughs> so then, step two. Uh, yeah, so you, uh, you hear, it's often like you hear your own thought and then you think, huh, there might be like a bit in that. Or that strikes me as... That's something I found for me that they're usually pretty personal, like it's something for my own life. And I think there might be an idea worth exploring. It's usually something you feel strongly about. It might be weird. You know, I don't know. It could be whatever. But uh, I might jot it down on my cell phone. And then what we'll do is we'll get together at these writing nights. And sometimes you come and it's more like a developed joke. Just naturally. And then other times you get up and you just sort of rambling about something. And we'll actually get up with a mic and a speaker. Um, we Which get is the other good. It adds the nerve wrack. Which is really good because you it forces to hear yourself, this, you know, like yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah. In front of just a group of friends. Yeah. On and the couch, couch, than strangers, like right definitely. Yeah. Looking at you and going. Completely and utterly naked. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> naked. Not That's just you. Process. Everyone. Yeah. And we have to put the blindfold on. Nate insists. Oh, and <laughs> You're the one on the mic. The bees. Yeah. The bees come out. Yeah. Uh, the bees. bees. <laughs> out on your face. But that's how you get good comedy. That's comedy. Yeah, that's what you yeah. got to do. Yeah. You got to Blindfolded naked with bees. Yes, exactly. That's got so three bees. Three that's bees. Yeah. But from there, it, that's it just, you know, people add their comments. And, and that's unusual. That's the biggest thing that's unusual for us compared to most other people comedy is like a very solo venture it's very your much. idea you develop it you go out it's just you with a mic well unless you're unless you're in an improv group where you're also performing together right right and that's but this is an interesting thing. it you're is because, performing because alone perform but having to alone together yeah yeah, yeah. so they've like they've bound themselves together it's nice. in this little I really effort, like it. which is cute who yeah. performs together what? I mean, just by oh. sort of being joined at, in this. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah but you guys all like perform solo. Yeah, it's all alone. Yeah. And it's everybody's own joke. Someone might offer you a punch up, like, oh, I. But sometimes it feels like we're also conscious of the fact that you might say something that I think is funny. And I'm like, oh, you should take it here. But that's not what the joke you're trying to tell. And that's in- a funny joke, but it's not. Like, joke. what's funny to you? Do you get into stuff, and maybe this is for you more, Kersha, but do yeah. you get into stuff where you write for someone in a way? Where you go, like, I want to write. Like, oh, this is a great joke. Brady would do this great. Uh, that's this interesting. Is- that's interesting. I definitely have thoughts that I can see, like, that they've, like, infected me with their idiot brand. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I so far I haven't gone out of my way to do that, but it does happen. Yeah. Um, I haven't been like oh, I've got something for you, you know. Right, right. Because right. they're not paying me. No. You know, if they were paying <laughs> me, were I, paying I absolutely yeah. would do that. That would be fantastic. It wouldn't take a lot. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It's so sad. It's not even a lot. They could have free jokes for almost nothing, a pittance, and they don't. And that's that's a tragedy. tragedy. That is a tragedy. (laughs) No, you know what? You know where my jokes come from? I think, what do I want to make fun of? What could I make fun of? And other people would think it was funny. That's how I like. Well, you're on the list. Boom. Lou's on there. Absolutely. 
Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys do Pathetic. 10 minute sets, right? Yeah, about? Yeah, so these yeah, ones, about. the ones that I've gone to have been, yeah. Yeah. But is that kind of just on purpose? You guys kind of settled on that's a kind of well, digestible I mean, I think chunk that's of time. Well, a nice or? chunk of time. Uh, it's funny, you know, and it. some people, if you were starting out, you'd be getting like five minute sets. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's digestible. I think that's naturally where we were sort of landing with, you know, and you're, with the amount of people we have in the group to, like, do a show, uh, produce a show with that. But we, we, for instance, we went to Petersburg, and tragedy struck. <laughs> uh, Nate broke his leg. Oh, oh yeah. Skiing at Eagle Crest. Well, horribly. Or it's a horrible, get scary story. Get him on story. the show and interview Ugh. him about that because wow. it's an ordeal. Out of bounds. Awful. Like, oh, so, really mess himself like, up. Like, out of cell phone range. Yeah, like, oh, crawling for cell phone range. Yeah. Had to drag no, himself singular. into... A yeah, he had to drag <laughs> yeah, himself was, into reception. So this is an Alaskan up. comedy story, right? Yeah, Most right. Stand-up comedians working in most areas of the yeah, country are not, are not yeah. out of bounds, like breaking legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're like just the he, day before the show. Decided to do that the day before the show because he's extreme, <laughs> and uh, so he was. He ended up being fine, but I mean, it was unfortunate that he broke his leg badly. So he so he wasn't that, fine. I mean, he broke his leg <laughs> I mean, badly. He did break a, but but he I mean, he crawled to safety. It wasn't life-threatening. <laughs> it wasn't life-threatening. <laughs> but painful and terrible. Yes. Probably very traumatic and terrible. he wasn't fine. Oh, I think <laughs> he wasn't no. fine. Do you not minimize his suffering? Yes, it changed him as a person. him as a person. Made him set out on fun adventures? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> did he give me so dirty looks every time I said the snow was good? Yes! So you you guys showed up in Petersburg without your anchor leg, without your anchor man, sort of. Right, yeah, the anchor like leg guy. Yeah, yeah, here's the other guy. Here's yeah. the other guy. And actually, Haley and Nate had a connection to Petersburg. They had lived there. Yeah. So it's, now it's just people showing up, hey, we're going to do a comedy in town. <laughs> and so we <laughs> were worried because know. we were down a comedian. And so instead of five, we only had four. Um, so we all did longer sets, which oh, is, nice. this is what was yeah. Yeah. to your question, or why 10 How'd minute sets. And I went for almost 20 minutes, <laughs> which does not mean it was all Is that all the longest company. you've ever gone? Yeah. Nice. And, uh, in, but it was in, great. Like on a stage it in was public. great, yeah. In private, no, not, not by a long shot. <laughs> yeah, that's sadly not a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool, though. That, yeah. That's the way, that's kind of those things that happen yes. that you don't expect to happen. So Curveball. So... Uh, did that kind of just happen spontaneously, or are you prepared and you knew, okay, I'm going to do these three extra bits I have, kind of? Or... Uh, not, yeah, not really. Uh, we we talked about it and we said, well, if you've got an extra bit you want to throw in there, we weren't like trying to add too much material, but we certainly didn't feel rushed. Yeah, right. Because you could have right. generally concise is better for comedy. Yeah, yeah. you're not <laughs> you trying know, to milk you it out. So, you don't want to be stretching for time. What's but the if it best works. show you guys have had? What's the best show you've had? For me personally, whatever, however you want to answer, it was sure. Petersburg. Was it? Yeah, because I got a an applause break. You were, well, there you but go. But I think that's also why I went twenty minutes. You know, <laughs> but you're also a little bit like you guys were kind of walking the tightrope a little. I mean, it was a little yeah. bit. The pressure was higher. Yes, right? it was. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's the competitive spirit. That's, 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 that's your That's your competitive yeah. Have you martial arts. Puked before. I never have. I just it's a it just feels like yeah. yeah I don't puke easily. How about you? Either one of you guys ever done any stage stuff like that? 
Well, I remember one time going up in front of the class in seventh grade. I had this terrible cold, and I made some stupid joke that nobody laughed at but me. But I ended up with a snot bubble in front of the class. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> Those are the worst. And I've never had a snot bubble before or oh, after that. Lucky man. <laughs> yeah, really? You. I can tell you they really, not my wow. They only develop on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're really yeah. meant for one purpose. Ew. So anything I, I, that's cleared yeah. the way for <laughs> right, anything yeah. else, I suppose. You're free now. Oh, and one, another thing that kind of helped me along in life. <laughs> yes, this. I, like this. I think I've mentioned thread. this before, but uh, I had a job interview one time and the woman kept smiling at me. I couldn't figure it out why until halfway through the interview I looked down because I had some paper in my hand and uh, I realized my fly was open. Oh. I was and wearing dress pants, which I never do. And <laughs> I, I had a belt on, which back then I didn't wear belts. And right. I was in a hurry, went to the bathroom and put the belt on and, you know, did the thing. You just put a, you do one thing after you pee, you zip up. <laughs> yeah. So I just did one you thing, I put the belt on. You also wash your hands. Yeah, and my yeah. <laughs> you, you do two things after you pee. Yeah, well. and my yeah. feet, usually. <laughs> Out of necessity. I'm talking about pants, Andy. Just the crotchial area of the pants. Well, I didn't get the job. And no. it was real. And it was no. open. And it was really open. Yeah, it was like. It was. I was wearing mostly clean underwear. Yeah. Mostly clean. Yeah. Again, the term creamy <laughs> thighs comes up. Like, oh, I see my fly is open. I should have said I'm open to new ideas. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. I'm open to mentorship. You have got 10 yeah. jobs that day. I'm, I'm cool at doing any job. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. I know. I, love it. I know. There's yeah, a lot of stiff competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I smell like piss. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, the, the yeah, I don't wash my hands. Yeah. I think you'll find it acceptable. I just want to be real clear oh, on man. the record here. I do not wash I my do. hands. I do. I wash you my hands not? too much. Yo, you're, he's, you're saying that's <laughs> yeah, what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. I thought you were hands. actually saying that <laughs> in real life right These now because I was like, that's disgusting. These are washing hands. Again. No, I'm I'm being low. All right. Well, Jamie, have you performed? Uh. Oh. Yeah, no, um, get right in there. I was in one of those, what do they call those things they do? Night, minute miracles? Yeah, 24-hour miracles. miracles. I was yeah. in one of those oh, here in town. He was I good. I saw it. He it was, was fun, actually. I bet. Um, and then in like sixth grade, I was Pontius Pilate in the Easter pageant. That's, well. what a role. I, had, I got to wear a Burger what King a crown. Roll of a lifetime. And um, yeah, I had a big speech and you I did peaked. very well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if I've ever other performed. Not really. That. Don't yeah. even try. No, I think you, that's. You've I peaked. been Pontius Pilate. Then I've been Pontius Pilate. I'm, I'm putting together a yeah. one man Pontius Pilate show. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I would come see that. Right? I would yeah. too. This Call winter, I'm going to rent out to Nickelodeon Pilate. one night only. Pontius. Yeah. It's just going to be called Pontius. I love it. They should bring that name back. Yeah, they should. I know. I know. Well, he he's not should a, be called Possibly really Pontius. Like, possibly Pontius. Yes. Like. I don't think his name will come back. He's not fondly remembered. I also think, That's by the, the way, thing. You know, I think it's like Pontius... Adolf is not going to come back. Well, yeah, yeah, Adolf sucks. But you know what? Yeah. You know what hurts me? Lucifer. It's a pretty name. It is. Is it a pretty name? Just like diarrhea. It is. No. It's a pretty name. Diarrhea is not a. I mean, diarrhea. Yeah, I mean, princess I mean, diarrhea. Lucifer's like a mix of Lou and Christopher. 
Yeah. Which oh. is my brother's name. Lucy and Christopher. Oh, oh Lou and Christopher. Those yeah. are you, you two together are Luke, Lu- Lucifer. You two are Lucifer. If someone wants a Lucifer, you could call them Lou. Wait, what are you called, though? What's your Wait, name? Wait, oh my God. Are you a Lucifer? <laughs> no. I mean, Lewis. not in he name. He said, yes, Lee. His full name is Lewis, but with a W, L-E-W-I-S. And I didn't know that until third grade. <laughs> Ignorant. That's you awesome. L-O-U. Yeah. Wow. I got asked what religion I was in kindergarten, and I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Do you want, though? <laughs> do, what, do what now? I know. And they were like, are you Jewish? And I was like, oh, no. And they were, like, listing religions, and I figured that no. they were, like, Mm-mm. I figured, like Jewish, they must also be ethnicities. So it was like. No, no, like, sorry. Like, I have no idea what any of these words you're saying are, but I'm not that. I would know, I think. Nope. Nope. Latvian. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm Latvian. Like, what are you? And I was like, I just American. Like, just the usual. Well, <laughs> normal. A lot of us are. I know. It's great. It's great. All right. Well, that's uh, your favorite sisters here. Bridge from Nowhere. Talk to Lou's buddy Alex from college. They went to school in Fairbanks, and Alex is going to tell us a little bit about discovering how the wilderness is a little bit different in Alaska. So, Alex, you you mentioned losing weight before, and you um, told me something about Creamer's Field up in Fairbanks. It's oh, a yeah. field where people can come see cranes, sandhill cranes. Yes. And geese and yes. it's a, yeah. a little bit of a tourist attraction. Yeah, I uh, I, I feel guilty about this, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to tell the story. Well, I think, that's what I think part of the, this. Uh, that's part of what this is. This is this is a therapeutic show. This is something <laughs> where you just let these things out, and the great thing is that nobody's listening. So that's what's nice. No that's what, that's why I talk about tapeworms so much because <laughs> I have a problem. It does. I think also, luckily, the, the statute of limitations hopefully has passed on this. But, yeah, the Creamers Field, like as Lou said, for people who don't know, I'm sure all, all Alaskans know. I, I was the odd man out of having to learn about it. But, yeah, it's this, it's this reserve that uh, you can go to that used to be, I, I guess it used to be like a dairy farm, but now it's mainly a wildlife reserve. And uh, as long as you you know, respect, obviously, the fact that it is a wildlife reserve. You can pretty much use it as just kind of like a hangout spot. You know, there's trails and whatnot going through it. I'm sure someone listening to this who knows anything about it is like, you have it all wrong! You're disrespecting the Freemers Field, but... No, well, I've been, I've been time, there. That's, that sounds right to me. I've been there many times, and it's lovely, and you walk around. There's lots of trails. I've run into moose, and there's lots of different bird species there. I even, at one time, working for Fish and Game went out on a project where a biologist was doing mist netting for little birdies and they did song, oh, really? they did yeah. Yeah, they did songbird and there's a ton of songbirds that stopped by there so Kramer's field yeah it is it's a beautiful spot and it used to be these big fields that were for the dairy cows and and now it's just big fields that the sandhill cranes and other creatures use yeah and and a bunch of woods adjacent as well right yeah, yeah. and I guess there's a little bit of urban creep going on right now. I mean, I haven't been there in years, but when I was there at the time, they were 
building a lot of uh, like super like big box stores that were kind of creeping in. But you're right, it's surrounded. It has this kind of buffer zone of of uh, trees, so you really do feel like you're in the middle of nowhere once you kind of get deep into it. But yeah, at the time I um, so I had kind of booze ballooned myself up to this unlovable weight, and I decided to myself like it was time to take action and uh, drop some of it. And, you know, initially, I don't know how it is if you guys have ever dealt with this, but initially, you know, if you have any amount of, like, vanity, it's really embarrassing if, you like, you're joining a gym and whatnot and you're just, you know, putting in the initial time to kind of, like, etch to uh, 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 nick away some of the uh, initial pounds. You know, it's, it's really, it's easy to become self-conscious. So I got it in my head that what I would do is I would go and, hike around, I would take the dogs, and I would hike around at night on Creamer's Field. And I was like, this is a great opportunity. You know, I'll get my exercise. The dogs will get some chance to go out. Yeah, wh- and wh- Wearing all black. No, a gorilla suit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, making sure to bring lots of knives with me as well. Wearing yeah. all <laughs> vertical, vertical striped clothing. Yeah. Walk around yeah. Creamer's Field. It looks it's slimming. It looks slim. Or, or a <laughs> giant... Who's that slim, rather slim man walking all those dogs at night? I wonder who that person is. Yeah. I have my uh, per- personalized balaclava on. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole deal. No, I, so I, yeah, I got this, I got this stupid notion in my head that this would be a great opportunity. And when you bring dogs to the field, for good reason, they say, you know, Make sure you have them leashed, which I respect. I will be very clear about this ahead of time. Again, I respect everything about Creamer's Field, and I am sorry in advance for for what happened. But I was lazy, and I decided not to do that. Uh, and so I was walking around, and and one of the and both of the dogs are uh, one's a Karelian bear dog, and and one was a husky, and so they just immediately sort of dart out, and. Uh, I, I figure, you know, when the time comes, I'll call for them and we'll be gone. So about, I don't know, let's say half an hour through, I hear a crazy amount of commotion coming uh, um, uh, off to the distance. So I follow it thinking that maybe the dog has got hurt, you know, maybe something happened. And eventually I am able to uh, target the area that the sound is coming from and once I put the headlights on, it's like a, it's like a scene from Event Horizon. It's just this horrible bloodbath oh. of, you know, and the dogs are like both ripping and dry humping. But, but the best <laughs> I could figure out once I got the, the light on was that, I, and I don't know, you know, specific species, but it seemed like some kind of hair, I'm guessing. Uh, but, but they had gotten... Uh, one, at least one, because at this point there was just this, you know, a complete maelstrom of limbs and entrails, but uh, they, they had undone these hairs and were, I had never seen them happier. And so... Yeah, 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 We did good. We did good, boys. Well, it's, the, it's the dream. You catch the rabbit. They actually yeah. caught the rabbit. Exactly. The electric yeah. rabbit. Yeah, the electric rabbit. The real rabbit. Oh. And uh, and so after like you know a lot of struggle, I finally was able to get because because one was really doing the the wet work, and the other one was just kind of dancing around him, sort of observing. Here's what I wonder, Alex. Let me just stop. But here's what I wonder: in that moment, it's an interesting sure. thing because why stop them? I mean, that hair is yeah, it's a, done. I mean, just let them just let them do what they're gonna do. Absolutely. It's a fantastic question. I think in that moment, sure. 
I think in the, I think in that moment it felt like a crime scene, and like I was like, we have to get out of here as fast as possible. We have to, we, we can't be seen. Like I don't know why I thought all of a sudden that he put know, on this mustache. Would... <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get into disguises now. <laughs> I kind of like, oh yeah, oh, that dog papoose. Like, get in the papoose. Let's be out here. No, I I just had this idea that. We would be discovered. I don't know what it was. It was yeah. just pure adrenaline. I just sure. thought we had to get out of there. And so I was able to finally wrangle them off enough of the the uh, carcasses and uh, uh, reattach the leashes. And then I was just looking at what was left. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> well there's enough snow cover here to probably, uh, you know, uh, erase uh, the visual. So, you know, in the middle of the night, I think I'm doing this amazing job, and I'm covering it up. I'm covering it up with the snow, all, everything I can find. And uh, so I finally get the dogs back in the car. And just out of curiosity, I came back in the morning just to kind of see what was left. Return to the scene of the crime, <laughs> yes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and immediately SWAT team with this in on me. No, I, I uh, was looking at it, and it was this ridiculous horrible pink stain like in the middle of the night it looks fine it looked like this perfect like white covering but it was just this you if you looked at it coming as a stranger you would you would have thought something horrible would happen because it was just all this you know uh disturbance in the middle of the snow and then just like pink and bits of fur and so yeah and so i just left it and every <laughs> and also and everything that you did to cover it up made it look more horrible because it showed exactly human interference because right. <laughs> otherwise someone would have thought exactly. oh my god like a wolf or a coyote or something happened here and it killed a rabbit obviously but instead, no, it looked, oh, there's a human involved. <laughs> Something really bad happened here. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think people who spend a very small amount of time with me realize that I do not react to situations spontaneously in a smart way at all. I don't react to things with planning in a smart way, but especially, yeah, like on the spot. It's always some dumb, <laughs> reflexive thing that just ends up making it ten times worse. So, right. so yeah, so that was my fantastic creamers field as we all do by the way as we all i mean who among us would be cool common collected as two dogs that were they even your dogs yes they were my dogs dogs. two two dogs are ripping apart wild animals (laughs) possibly multiple wild animals (laughs) 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 on a nature preserve yeah, 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 exactly. They're preserving them in the snow now. (laughs) They are preserved. <laughs> and under the right situation, I'm sure it would have the the most proud moment that a dog owner could have. But in that situation, yeah, I just it was absolutely a disaster that I felt like oh. I'm, I'm going to be immediately found out and prosecuted. And <laughs> this is all going to come back around. The <laughs> I like how and now everybody knows. Yeah, I like that. You know, like I've been in that situation with my dog in the woods where like they corn. Like I remember one time Scout cornered a baby marmot. And like was in, and this baby marmot was squealing and squealing, but it was just somewhere on a trail, and it was like you were trying to save the marmot, and we did, but there wasn't this added thing of like, I I'm gonna you know trouble, like you know I'm in a preserve, right. I'm in this place, this sacred place where nothing's killed, and I've let them off leash and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, well, well I had some opportunities later on to, uh, with my boyfriend at the time, we were, uh, he was uh, an apprentice or I guess just like an assistant with uh, mushers up on Moose Mountain. And uh, in those situations when 
you know, because the dogs were fearless. They would go after moose, especially moose calves. Oh, and that stupid. was a sight to behold, where they would just latch on to the high of the moose and just hold on with their jaw for dear life. And, yeah, in those <laughs> moments, it's fantastic, and people are taking pictures. Uh, but in the middle of a reserve, yeah, not so much. We call that a dog dingleberry. Shake <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing off there, moose. Exactly Still, right, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, the moose doesn't like it. and yeah. So up at Fairbanks, you lived in some cabins, dry cabins, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, what's a dry cabin? Uh, you you have to bring the water into the cabin. I mean, uh, it, it was, honestly, it was less of a transition than I thought it would be. I think the bigger transition for me was just having to deal with constantly trying to stay warm because a lot of the mm-hmm. cabins that I was in did not have uh, very good I don't think a lot of them did, but didn't, didn't have very good, like, planning when it came to uh, where to put the heater and how best to, like, spread the, the heating. But, yeah, the, the, I lived in uh, two separate uh, dry cabins at the tail end of uh, my time in Alaska, and uh, that was definitely a trip for sure. For some of those who don't know, Fairbanks is riddled with these dry cabins, uh, mostly for students or Typical Fairbanks style people. I didn't know that. <laughs> is that right? Well, a lot so there's just no water running. Is there electricity? Lived in these uh, yes, there's dry cabins. Yeah. There's electricity. Most of them had electricity that I've seen. Do they? Are they incredibly rustic? I mean, are there wooden floors? Are they dirt floor? Are they what's? I've seen varied designs of varied quality. <laughs> yes. And are they yeah, built? Yeah, there seems to be a huge range. Yeah. Are they built specifically with the idea that we're going to get renters who will do this, or are they built by, like, old coots who went out there and got this land and just didn't know how to build? They were built on spec, most of them. I mean, they were speculating that they'll get poor students to rent these things. Doesn't seem right. Alex, is that why there are so many up there, because of the students? It seems seems like the most likely thing. I don't honestly know, but you're definitely right that that uh, the majority of them seem intentional to be to be like alternative living for people who are willing to live that way for a lot less rent. You know, I'm just imagining the uh, the college pamphlet, you know, from UAF. <laughs> Come to UAF, yeah, exactly. live without running water on a dirt floor <laughs> in the cold. <laughs> Poop outside, negative forty. Yeah, exactly. What is it like using? An outhouse in negative 40. What are some of the challenges? Uh, <laughs> um, I, that's a good question. Like, I, My memory of it was that it wasn't so bad. I do remember when it got that cold, having a strategic hand over my, I don't know how graphic we can be here, over my front area just so that it wasn't exposed to the, the cold while I was sitting. Your penile? Of, it's a penile yeah, area? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So like we're to go exactly over my dangly bits. The dangly, yeah, the, dangly <laughs> I think we refer that, to in this in here in Juno, we refer to them as cock and balls. There you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or just or just C and B. C and B. C and B. Your C's yeah. and B's. C's and B's. C and B's. So I remember I remember uh, doing that, but in terms of like um, I don't know, I don't I think the biggest thing was that it was a time issue. I think as long as you could sort of Keep everything under forty a minutes. Four to five minute usual? window. You were yeah, forty five minute window. Yeah, a, five, a four to five minute window. Then you were golden. But if you sort of push it 
into like the 10 minute range some, some stuff was going to come your way so that meant that like in the winter you're really waiting it's you you know the timing is the, everything the turtle's head is coming out of the shell right yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. There's right. a lot. There's a lot more intentional living yes. when you're uh, <laughs> when you're living that lifestyle. It's very zen. Live with intention. Live in the moment. <laughs> there's a lot more mindfulness for sure. Yeah. I, I. I think. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird how when you're doing something, I'm sure a lot of Alaskans relate to this even better than I do. But it's it's weird how like when you're doing something odd. From an outsider's perspective, in the moment, it feels fine. I mean, to an extent, but when you look back at it with some distance, it's like that is that was unreasonable. I never should have done that. But when you're just doing it, it's just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go have to, you know, get 40 pounds of water today and drag that back to my cabin. Yeah, right. And and what's what's the kind of money you're saving per month to not have running water? I don't know if the, I'm sure if I would have like gotten a roommate situation in a normal apartment, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but I was in, I was in a weird headspace. I remember the first cabin that I was in, I think just flat with everything. It was like 450 a month. So that's pretty reasonable. I think, I don't know what the comparisons are like now for, for different living arrangements in Alaska. Like if you're a roommate or whatnot, but I don't know, that seems reasonable, right? I don't know. I, I kind of think that seems like a lot of money for a place with no running water, <laughs> right? I, even today, I would say I don't. I'm not going to pay four fifty. But this, this place doesn't have running water. What are you kidding me? I'm not paying four fifty. I'll pay a, you seventy no, bucks a month tops. No turlet no in the building. Turlet. I need a turlet. So you get, a, you get a, a certain state of mind. I suppose you could think of it as like you know your your haven away from civilization. I. I that romance sort of burned off for me pretty quickly when I, when you can't sleep because you're so cold because you don't have enough money to pay for the amount of oil it would take to properly but, heat your cabin. Your oh, priorities yeah. kind of rearrange themselves. Sounds but miserable. That, on the plus side, that's where you wrote your manifesto against civilization. Exactly so. right, yeah. And, it, well and it's done. amazing. You guys have got to read it. <laughs> well it, done. It's got some really good points in there that I think are really going to change some minds. It's some parts in mind. 8,247 pages long. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's that, that, that's the second edit. I had to cut some stuff out. Originally, yeah. I had a lot of more citations. A lot more stuff about the inner earth, and you know. But I figured that was over people's heads. <laughs> now, and then, then the the other thing. I don't want to get too personal, but you're you're a gay person, so your lifestyle in Alaska. I've had a lot of gay friends in Alaska who find it really tough. You know, there's yeah. not a big gay community. I don't know what it is in Fairbanks. Maybe it's more so in Fairbanks. But in Juneau, Juneau is a progressive town. So I think there's an acceptance level that's fine. But there just aren't that many people. And so when you get down to, like, how many people there are to date or who's in the community, it's just not that big. So do you find it – is it an easier thing? Or is that one reason why you left? And were you looking for something more that, like, had a bigger community that you were going to be involved in? Or Well, you're definitely right that, you know, it is – Slim pickings in Alaska. I don't. I never lived in Juneau. I don't know how it's different from Fairbanks, but I think I knew of like eight <laughs> openly gay people in Fairbanks after spending Single eleven digits. years there. Single digits. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there were plenty of people, I suppose, that were. I don't know. What, I don't know what the terminology now is with the kid, but 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 uh, going incognito in Fairbanks. But 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was a major decision for moving, but it was definitely something that was on my mind for moving. But, you know, I, I'm sure people will tell you this from all walks of life in terms of dating. It is a nightmare no matter if you're gay or straight or whatever it might be. Like the dating, I mean, there are, I'm, I'm sure there are people who adore dating and oh. adore that process, but I, I am know. not that person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't, maybe... <laughs> I mean, I yeah. always, I've always met friends who like, you know, they oh, I met someone at a bar. Another person dated three people this week, and I'm always like, what are you? That is so exactly. weird. I just could never, never figure that one out. Yeah, I've never figured that one out. But that's yeah, yeah. You're, I, yeah. I think there is like a lifestyle <laughs> that some people live where it fits perfectly into their life. Like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat a gun after this you know, 40 hour work week if I don't go to a bar and obliterate myself. Well, I might as well pick someone up while I'm there. It seems like a two birds, one stone situation. Weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you find Portland easier and just as just sort of generally easier? What did it kind of did you able to kind of fall in? I mean, there's more than eight openly gay people in Portland, right? So I, I definitely, I mean, there's definitely obviously a, a lot more people here, but I'm sure Lou would be happy to, to tell you only too, too uh, quickly that like I am not an easy person to get along with. So just in those <laughs> terms, I'm not sure it's easier, but there's definitely a lot more availability. Like I don't have to worry about well, I've burnt out number six of eight, so you know these last two better work out or I'm screwed forever. Like obviously <laughs> yeah. here there's thousands to choose from. That's it for Bridge from Nowhere for today. Thanks so much to our guests today, Paul, Alex, and your favorite sisters, Alicia and Kirsha Hughes-Scandy. Thanks to our house band for playing all original music. That's George Kuhar and Steve Nelson, who are Coolson. Thanks to KTOO and Alaska Robotics for helping us get this thing on the air. For more info on Bridge From Nowhere and for all of our shows, you can go to our website at bridgefromnowhere.com or go to iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, Napster. That's it from us today. For Lou and Jamie, I'm Andy. We've burned another bridge.